Dear Omer, it's been 74 days, 74 days, and you're still not at home. All your family is doing everything that they can do to end this nightmare. We love you and we miss you so much and hope that the rest That's of what the it world sounded like recently outside the Promenade Shopping Centre in Thornhill, Ontario, where Sophie Gitterman read aloud the letter she was carrying for hostage Omer Shemtov. The 20-year-old Israeli man was kidnapped by Hamas on October 7th from the Supernova Music Festival. He's believed to be among the 119 remaining hostages somewhere in Gaza. He has asthma and his family worries he doesn't have his medicine. Later that same day, a group of Toronto Jewish community activists delivered that letter, along with two carloads of other letters and care parcels, to the Canadian Red Cross's regional office in Mississauga. It's part of a campaign to keep pressure on the Red Cross, especially on their international head office in Geneva. Activists are outraged that the International Committee of the Red Cross has not visited with any of the Israeli hostages except back in November when Hamas released 110 hostages, mostly women and children, in exchange for Palestinian prisoners, and the Red Cross was allowed to handle that exchange, briefly escorting them in vehicles from Hamas hands to the Israeli authorities. To express values of helping children who kidnapped, that's, that's the topic, and how the Red Cross, which is a title of, you know, a big organization to help human being is not there for us. So this is a big message for them. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, January the 4th, 2024. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Members of the Toronto Jewish community have been regularly penning letters to the hostages. Some women write every day. A group of bat mitzvah girls got their classmates and families to get involved. Even the friends of 10-year-old Ofri Brodich, who attended Camp Gesher last summer, wrote to her and her brothers and mom while they were hostages. Toronto's UJA Federation supports this letter-writing campaign. They're calling it You Are Not Forgotten. Although they don't pay for the postage or the stationery, but officials say they have 1,000 volunteer letter writers who have penned at least that many letters so far. In today's episode, you'll meet some of the letter writers about why they do it. And later, you'll hear from the Canadian Red Cross, who will explain why they can't and won't deliver any of these letters or parcels from Canada. Like there is socks, there is some band-aid, there is some wipes. On a below-zero December day, in the parking lot in the back of the promenade, organizers had the trunks of their cars open and for two hours collected letters and even paper bags full of toothpaste and other hygiene products, all addressed to the Israeli hostages, being held for nearly 100 days now in Gaza. My name is Susan, and I've written 100 letters, and I've mailed them. I brought... There's four... There's some in here, just a sec. That's amazing. Well, it's expensive. Oh, you have a letter too. Oh, well, you have just, to, just to show you what. So I put it in a Tell fence. Tell me who they're for. Oh, they're nice yellow. No, they're for the hostages in Gaza. The but Itai Chen and Ariel Cunio, Tal Chemi, Nimrod Cohen, and Ilya Cohen. And I have lists of names, so I brought toothbrush and toothpaste in Ziploc bags so that we can send them with the Red Cross. 
if they get together with the hostages and they're able to give them to them. What did you say so, in the letters? I said, uh, well, the first ones I said, it's Hanukkah day one, it's Hanukkah day two, but, but now I said Hanukkah has come and gone. Unfortunately, I don't think you knew it about the Festival of Light. Here in Canada, winter has come. We're covered with a white blanket of snow. Every day we think of you and we hope that it'll be the day that you're going to be released. There's a lot of people doing a lot. Everybody's doing their part. Anad Katz is one of the organizers. And tell me about this group and how it got started. We want to put pressure on the Red Cross to do their job. We demand that they go and visit the hostages and offer them humanitarian aid. We have mobilized as many people as possible to bring packages to the hostages. We have specific ones marked for some specific hostages as we have family members who unfortunately their family is being kept in Gaza. And so the idea is that once we collect all these bags, we're going to be driving to their Red Cross office. We're going to be bringing the bags to them, speaking with whoever is in charge there, assuming that they will listen to us. But regardless, our voices are strong as we believe in what we're doing. And we absolutely want to get a response from them because that's what they're supposed to be doing. And is that part of this? Multiple projects are done. The students have asked their classmates, friends and family to write letters. And so we're collecting the letters en masse. And then here too. Here too. I have a letter right here for Karina Arev. I have currently captive by Hamas in Gaza. Another thing we have is in order to personalize the hostages, what we've done is we've created, it's almost like a business card. And each business card has a picture and the name of the hostage with their age. And on the card, it says, connect, unite, pray, so they can be free. And we have Achinu Kol Beit Israel prayer, and in English. And on the back of the card, what we've done is the mitzvah and connection opportunities. And this is what you're hearing that some of the girls are doing for their butts and bar mitzvahs. And we gave them suggestion, do a mitzvah with the hostage name in mind of give charity, say Mudeani in the morning, light Shabbat candles, make challah, invite guests over, be kind for the males, put fill in, say a blessing before you eat or say the Shema, visit the sick. The idea is spread the word, spread the light. Okay, tell me a bit about what are some of the things you're allowed to drop off um, besides letters? What does the Red Cross actually take that uh-huh. you know about? So th- that's a million dollar question. What we have done is we've collected as many p- things as possible, whether it is toys for fear and some of the younger children that are there whether it is band-aids and medicinal things we have clothing items for them we even have some food that we brought with us we did not give them a heads up because we already had experience with unicef the when you give them a heads up they don't allow you in the office so storming in by mass with media with a whole bunch of people together and making uh, a collective statement, that is the idea, is to catch them off guard. And hopefully they will listen to some of what we have to say. Do you um, honestly think they're going to take this stuff? What what do you think is going to actually happen to it? The reality is, is I have very little faith, but I believe you have to keep trying. We're optimistic. It's in our DNA. We Jews don't give up. And so this is the first of many to come. We're hoping to partner with New York, Israel as well, to do the same. And if we can get a collective voice from different countries saying the same thing, we pray to God that they will begin to listen and do their job.
As she mentioned, Katz and some of the other organizers drove to the Red Cross regional office, carried the letters and parcels inside, and left them after taping posters of the hostages on the wall, plus a handmade sign that said 73 days in hell. Nobody from the office came out to greet the group or take the stuff. The Canadian Red Cross couldn't provide anyone to do an interview for our podcast, but they did send two written emails explaining that hostage-taking is illegal under international law, that they can't have access to them unless they're invited in, and that they've not been silent. Meantime, they're not throwing out the letters, but they can't and won't deliver them, not even to the hostages who've already been freed. I asked a friend of the CJN Daily to read the Red Cross's messages for you. At this time, the letters addressed to hostages, care of the Canadian Red Cross president, have not been delivered. While well-intentioned, it is not feasible for letters or gifts from the general public to be delivered to the hostages, nor is there an appropriate venue to deliver them to those who have been released. The letters have been saved and are being stored. The ICRC has been calling for the release of the hostages since the beginning of the conflict and has publicly and repeatedly stated that access must be granted to the Red Cross to conduct visits with the hostages to check on their well-being, bring medical aid, and pass messages between families. To date, the ICRC has not received access to the hostages. The ICRC is doing all that it can to obtain access, but access must be allowed by the parties involved in the conflict. The ICRC is in contact with the immediate family members of the hostages, And once the ICRC receives access to the hostages, then messages from immediate family members will be delivered as permitted. The Red Cross empathizes with family and friends who want to provide some comfort to their loved ones who are detained. We understand the desire to make a difference from afar. However, we want to be clear that there is no appropriate venue for the Canadian Red Cross to deliver letters from the general public to hostages. Toronto teenagers Ainsley Davidson and Halen Freeman hadn't heard the Red Cross's position when I interviewed them before the Christmas break, but the two Toronto students say that doing the letter-writing campaign for their Bat Mitzvah project makes them feel hopeful, but also gives them a personal stake in what's happening in Israel. So tell us, like, the timeline. So as soon as October 7th happened, you started, or, or is this something that you just... Like, when did this actually get into real high gear? So, uh, my mom told me about this shortly a couple days after October 7th, and I started writing right away. And ever since then, it's been growing in size. I think I was kind of just told about this maybe about a month ago, and I've written a few letters. I've just sent out an email for help writing more so hopefully by new year's i can have people will have at least written one so tell us like how many hours a week you spend on this what's your routine so i write two a week and a couple weeks ago my class pitched in and helped me write a bunch of letters so have you actually mailed any of them yet, or they're all just gathered right on your table? So we have mailed a bunch. We've mailed 15. I really hope they're getting them, and I hope they're going to find a way to deliver it to them. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you to participate in something like this? Well, I'm Jewish, so Israel is like one of my home, and... 
all my some of my brothers and sisters and family and friends could have been taken and it means a lot that a lot of people are helping me write to them to hopefully get to them and try to release them. I'm also Jewish and kind of like what Halen said, Israel is our home. I've never met these people, but I care so deeply for them. These people, they're my family in some way. And I just want them to know that I love them, no matter what. They ha- just have a place in my heart. When are your B'nai Mitzvah? March 23rd. May 2nd to May 5th. What's your goal then? You've got a few more months besides studying the Parsha and everything. Hopefully I can write letters until all the hostages are freed. Yeah. Even after my bat mitzvah is done, I think it'd still be nice to write letters. God willing, they'll be free before. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone said, or are you kind of realistic, that they these may never leave Canada and they may never see these? I mean, hate to be like the spoiler here, you know, but... No. We know that. There's, there's the chance that it might not reach someone, but at least someone knows that these people are getting these letters and that we care so you're actually physically writing them with your own pens and stuff are you using any special pens like a gel pen your favorite just pencil or marker um well my first letter i wrote to was the day of that i found out that i was doing this as my bat mitzvah project um her name is aviv katz asher she's four she has um a sister and her mother and her mother were all captive in Gaza. Me and my sister both wrote to each sister because it just felt the, like the right thing to do because we're sisters and they're sisters. And when they got out, it felt nice because, you know, like you put your time into writing these letters. It doesn't make a big impact, but it's an impact in the heart. I wrote to Dawn Katz-Asher, who's the mother of those children Halen just mentioned, and just, like, telling her to, like, like, you're, like, so strong, you're brave, like, it will get better. And then I saw my mom watching, like, CNN, I think, and I looked over and I saw a woman coming off the Red Cross bus in Egypt. And this woman had two, like, young daughters. So I'm like, wait, 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 who's that woman? Because I, I think I know her. I think I know her. So we checked the names. And it was the woman that I wrote to. And I just felt so happy because I felt like I knew this woman in some, ha- in some way. Just, I just felt so relieved. It's all on you because you never know, right? One action, you never know. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. We are following the apparent hate-motivated attack on that Jewish-owned deli in Toronto's North York neighbourhood on Wednesday. It's called the IDF Grocery on Steeles, east of Kiel. Check out our website for the latest news. 
And we'll end with this audio from a vigil held in Toronto on Saturday for the last Canadian believed to have been held hostage, Judy Weinstein Haggai. Her family was recently informed she'd actually been murdered on October 7th. Israel says Hamas still has her body and her husband's body too. Gadi was also killed that day. Here's Andrea Weinstein, the sister, speaking Saturday night outside Temple Sinai, the synagogue where Judy attended before moving to Israel. Judy wrote, I hope that we can stop living under duress, under rocket fire, under conditions where people are at war, or even what they call military operations. May we all be granted the right to our basic rights of home, food, shelter, and peaceful days. Here's hoping. Here's finding our compassion and empathy and power and humanity. Thank you. Thank you so much.